Hey there, Wonderlings. Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Well, as you know, the new Wonder Years reboot, I'm just calling it a reboot, (laughs) is coming out September 22nd. So uh, about, what, six weeks away? So, and they just dropped a new promotional trailer that does include new scenes and it includes many interviews with the cast and crew of the new show also Fred Savage and him reflecting on his time on his own show The Wonder Years and then this time around he gets to sit in the director's chair or producer's chair and it's just it's awesome I'm gonna play it for you and then I'm gonna go through and talk about the new scenes. They definitely do show fun parallels between the Wonder Years from 88 to 93 to the new Wonder Years, which, as I said, debuts in September. So I'm, I'm excited. When I saw when I saw it and I saw the scenes from inside the house, I immediately got like original Wonder Years vibes. Like, the house looked very similar as far as where the kitchen is, off of, you know, the dining area. And I just, I am so excited for this. I can't wait. And I will be covering the episodes. So you don't gotta wait till, you know, January of 2022. Because I am covering the show. I'm just, I'm excited. I don't know if it's gonna be... Let me see if it would show it. If it's going to be like just 10 episodes or... Because I know originally the first season of The Wonder Years... And that's because it was a mid-season replacement. It started in January. There are only six episodes. It's not telling me anything. It's just showing that the pilot is being dropped on September 22nd. When, when, when did season two of The Wonder Years start? Was that also... Oh... Oh, season two started in November 1988, which, you know, makes sense because the first half or the, you know, season one, the six episodes started off in January, late January. So, yeah, it looks like October 3rd was first episode of season three. September 19th was the first episode of season four. October 2nd was the first episode of season five. And the first episode of season six was September 23rd, 1992. So it was like a day late and uh, a year off. <laughs> Just short of 30 years. So 29 years. A day and 29 years later. <laughs> So I just, yeah, I am, I am just, oh, I'm gushing. I'm excited. I know there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of talk. There's been a lot of opinions in regards to there are people that don't want it. There are people like, just leave it alone. Why are you rehashing? And I say, I'm down for it. Do it. Give it to me. I'm ready. I want to see it now. (laughs) Because I just think this is a great way to see another side of the late 60s from another person's point of view. And I also, you know, I follow the uh, the cast that is on the new Wonder Years, especially the boy who plays Dean, the main character. 
And it's just kind of cool, the transformation that he has to go through to look like 1968 Dean. The character is actually played by E.J. Williams. So, And of course, narration by Don Cheadle. When I... I actually did do an episode about the first big trailer that we got for the new show. And Don Cheadle's voice, kudos, congratulations, it's amazing, I love it. So without further ado, I'm going to play the clip and then I'm going to go back and I'm going to discuss and talk about the new scenes. Oh, I'm so excited, I'm so excited, I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't stop, Not I can't not be excited about this. I am the executive producer of the Wonder Years Reimagining, which tells the story from the perspective of a black middle-class family in the late 60s in Montgomery, Alabama. One thing I love about this show is that it captures the essence of what life is really like in 1968, Alabama. Plenty of good black colleges out there, too, you know. She can go to Spelman. No boys. It's a win-win. Win-win. Win. <laughs> the Wonder Years is a coming-of-age story. It's a family story. The show is definitely about family. Not only do you have to stick with family today, back then, especially with those times, you had to get through it together. Our family is a black family, but our protagonist is still a 12-year-old boy, and that will be the relatable hook, I think, for the audience. And, of course, I can think of no better creative partner than Fred Savage. I remember when I got the script, it really blew my mind. It was incredible to relive it all over again, but this time in a totally different seat. It's okay. My mom's making me wear pantyhose. Yuck. Yeah. Yuck. While the environment is different, the point of view of a kid growing up is the same. You have a title that so many people have visceral reactions to. I'm very proud to be trusted with carrying on that legacy. I've always wanted to put out the great side of black people, and um, it's something I've been wanting to do for a very long time. Before I go through the video, I do want to go over the cast list real quick. I know I did cover that in the last trailer that I covered. We have Don Cheadle. He is a narrator. He is adult Dean. We have Bill Williams. And I, I cannot pronounce his name. Dule Hill? We have Charity Jordan is Vivian Long. She is going to play the wife of Dean's baseball coach. We have Laura Kerouki as Kim Williams. So she is going to be playing the older sister. There is no Wayne character. It's just Kim being the older. So she's basically kind of like... The Karen, you know, the older sister, doesn't get along always with her little brother, Dean. We have Julian Lerner, who is playing one of Dean's besties. He plays Brad Hitman, who looks like I believe he is also on the baseball team with Dean. We have Alan Maldonado playing Coach Long. We have Amari O'Neill as Corey Long. Okay, okay, so yes, he is... 
Dean's other bestie. <laughs> That's kind of cool that his other bestie is the son of his football coach. <laughs> She's kind of cool. We have, I believe, is it Milan Ray? She plays Ke- Kezia? Keisha? Clemens? Who is going to be like the Winnie Cooper character. She's going to be the crush. That Dean, you know, the girl that Dean has a crush on. We have, uh, oh my goodness, this neat. I can't, I feel, I can't see, S-A-Y-C-O-N, so Sikon, Sing, Sing, S-E-N-G-B-L-O-H, I apologize. She's going to be playing the mother type. She's going to be playing Lillian Williams. So she is in the normal role. Of course, as I said, Dule Hill is playing Bill Williams. He's going to be in the Jack Arnold role. We also have... Oh, well, wait, wait, wait a second. Okay, so it looks like we have Coach Long. And we do have another where it just says baseball coach. DJ, who's played by DJ Stravropoulos. And then, of course, Elisha Williams playing Dean Williams. It's funny that his last name is Williams and he's playing a character with the last name Williams. I just think that's really cool. And it does say director Fred Savage and Saladin K. Patterson created and written by. All right, cool. So the first scene we have up is going to be, it looks like Dean is on the school bus with... Could be Corey, one, you know, one of his two besties. And then we have a scene in the house with Bill and Lillian, Dean's parents. Looks like they're kind of listening to some music, kind of dancing, swaying back and forth. Just You see the love between these two, and I really, really like that. Because even in moments in the original Wonder Years between Jack and Norma, sure, you know, she was the dutiful housewife and everything, and... There had been times where they would get in, I wouldn't even call it arguments or snipes really, just maybe semi-ish disagreements. But then again, not really. The only one I can honestly think of would be from season two, Pottery Gets You Nowhere, where she's taking an outside interest. And Jack, you know, she's taking a pottery class and Jack really doesn't know how to handle that in the best way and they kind of come to blows you know that's the only time in six seasons I remember them having an argument I mean if you want to call that one in the episode the lake season five episode one where they're trying to figure out how to get the jar that's tightens too much on the you know the pickle jar they're trying to get the top off of that that's not really so much an argument but uh, they're just but yeah um you definitely feel the love in the scene even though it's for a quick second between bill and lillian and it looks like we do have dean kind of looking on as his mom and dad or, you know, dancing in the living room. It looks like in the living room. We do see Dean. It seems like sometimes we see him wearing, you know, black-rimmed glasses. And sometimes we don't. There is a scene coming up where Dean's crush is... Her mom's making her wear, like, stocking Not stockings, but, like, tights or something to that effect. Panty, no, pantyhose. And she's just like, ugh, I don't like it. And because... She, I guess she's trying to make him feel better because he says that his mom is making him wear glasses. 
I love how they intercut scenes from the original Wonder Years and mix it in with this. It's just so awesome. So we have the creator uh, Sal Saladin Patterson. I'm sorry if I mispronounce his name. He's talking about this being a reimagining of the old Wonder Years show, which is awesome. So we get Kevin and Paul seeing Winnie on you know their first day of junior high, and then we see the school that Dean and his friend Corey are walking up to the school. You know, it's their first day of junior high. And the director, producer says, like, this is a show told from the perspective of a black middle class family. And we do see this kitchen slash dining room. It looks very similar to the kitchen slash dining room of the Arnold house, which clearly interior is going to be a set. Whereas the house that they found to film all the exterior shots, that's not what it looks like on the inside. So I do like there is a touch of familiarity. And the next scene, it looks like uh, the family's sitting down to breakfast. It looks like it may be the first day of school. Dean is trying on the glasses that his mom had gotten for him. I mean, back then, it's like you, if your kid needs glasses, it's like you don't just go out to like a Rite Aid and pick up a drugstore type temporary glasses. You like take them to the doctor, get the eyes checked, and then you go through the whole thing of getting them glasses. <laughs> but yeah, it's like he's, yeah, and we have Bill, the dad, he's looking at the paper, a lot like Jack would do at the kitchen table, always reading the paper. It looks like there is not a China Hutch, but kind of something similar right behind. Whereas I remember in the Arnold house, there was that small TV that would play, you know, the news or, or whatever. While the family was either getting, you know, Norma was making dinner or the family was sitting down to dinner. There was always that little TV. My grandma in uh, the kitchen... She always had that little maybe 13-inch TV that would sit on top of the filing cabinet. And that would play, it would play the news around 5 and 6 o'clock at night. Uh, during 11 o'clock, Price is Right would be on. So if you're going to the farm, which is what I would call the, you know, grandparents' house. That's what we called it. We called it the, you know, the farm because it's a farmhouse. And if you're there around 11, you're walking in the kitchen, into the front door, you're entering the kitchen, you're hearing the Price is Right theme. So, yeah. And Saladin Pedersen, the director-producer, says the show is actually going to be set in Montgomery, Alabama. And I like that because even though the Wonder Years said it was Anytown, USA, because Kevin's walking around with a Jets jacket, but clearly... You know it was filmed in California. Wayne, even when he gets his driver's license, it does say California on there. And you're always seeing palm trees. So it's like, you say anywhere USA, but it definitely gives a feel of California. And of course, the next thing we do have Dean riding his bike down Main Street. And we see all these, you know late 60s versions of shopping center. Shopping center is kind of like, I don't even want to call it a strip mall. Just Main Street with a bunch of stores. 
That's like the old version, like in, in Lowell, in Lowell, Michigan, where I grew up. On one side, <laughs> the main street's gonna be old Lowell, and then on the other side of Main Street, like West Main, that's gonna be like newer-ish Lowell, where everything is always changing. Nothing stays the same. A store actually that had been around on the east main, you know, old side of Lowell, Spring Grove Variety had been there for like eons and eons. They actually recently just closed their doors after 50, 60, umpteen years. And it's just like, oh my. And I'm actually planning on going, you know, to Michigan in August. And I'm definitely going to be stopping there to see, you know, my family and whatnot. And I just, I know I'm going to, I'm going to drive down Main Street and I'm just going to be pointing out in my head, well, that used to be there, but that's something else now and this and that and everything. Because every time I would go through a little, there's something there that wasn't there before or something's taking the place of something else. So one thing you can say about the town of Lowell, Michigan is it is always constantly in a state of change. There's always something new going on. We do have the father who plays Bill Williams talking about how what he likes about the show is the fact that it makes you feel like you're really, it's really in 1968. Which I really feel this is important for kids or just in historically Historically accurate as much as possible because it seems like social studies and stuff like history, kids need to learn about this stuff. Just by not teaching it doesn't mean this stuff is going to go away. It's like, kids, this is part of history. You need, kids need to know these things. I really feel like they do. You know, and it's why I like, you know, Middle grade, you know, books of historical fiction. It's like kids are learning about how things used to be. You know, we didn't all grow up with iPhones and iPads and computers and electric cars and all this stuff. No, I mean, and I'm talking from someone who grew up, who was born in 1982. You know, in, in when I was growing up, you know, half my childhood was, you know, late 80s into the 90s and at that time no way <laughs> growing up was I imagining a world where you'd have a phone in your pocket that would also be a, a camera it would also be basically your whole world you know a calculator and just all these different features on your phone I mean to me a phone was it was on your wall, and that's when you where you made phone calls. Just you're pretty much stuck in one place until you've got a cordless phone that you can actually take around. I was so excited the day my dad got a cordless phone. I'm like, oh my god! And I always had it in my room, and when my dad would go to try to use the phone, it'd always be dead because it wasn't being put back on the charger. But anyway, yeah. And I'm, I'm excited to learn more about 1968 because, like I said, I was born in 82. And really, the only tidbits I'm going to get is either looking through, you know, reading historical fiction, textbooks, talking to relatives that grew up around that time. Like, when my dad was alive, you know, I asked him about, you know, JFK and, 
you know, what were you, because my dad at that point, if that was 1963, <clears throat> he would have been 10. He would have been 10. So he definitely would have recalled that. And even, you know, Jeremy's mom was born the same year. She would have been 10. So I'll, and that's, that's honestly what is sad is the fact that as time goes on, those people that we've relied on to tell us stories and stuff, they are getting older. So it's up to us to be able to relay those stories to the next generation. And you'll know, have this stuff be recorded and just put down as, as evidence that this stuff, these things happened. You know, we can't, you can't wish it away or will it away or... or condemn it or anything these it, it just these things happen these and I honestly really wish I could have learned about some of this stuff in school I and that happened in uh, the late 60s and, and and also segregation and all of that stuff I really it seems like I was sheltered from some of that. A lot of that had to deal with being in special ed. You, you really, you don't, I didn't really get a whole good amount of that stuff, you know, in, in school. And I just feel such a lack of development in, in, in that. I mean, I could... Just as easily read up on, on that stuff and everything, you know, now as an adult. But it's just, that stuff, it, all of it, all of it, history should not be censored. You know, it, it just, it needs to be told. I mean, the good, the bad, everything. Uh, another scene in the hallway here with Dean. He's drinking out of a water fountain. And you got a white girl and a white boy looking at him like, what are you doing? So it looks like the school, I'm guessing, is integrated. But is it I want to read up more about Montgomery, Alabama and just this time period so I can prepare myself and educate myself as to what stuff they're most likely going to focus on on the sh on the show and stuff like that. Also, I want to see if I can do a dive on the characters themselves, especially the parents, because we know in the original Wonder Years, Norma, the mother, the housewife, she eventually took college classes in season four, and that followed through to graduation. I believe she graduated in season six from college. And then Jack, of course, was at Norcom for the majority of the show until finally in season five or six, he decided he'd had enough of Norcom and decided to open his own furniture shop. And I remember that one Christmas episode where Kevin's like, Dad, you know, it's not too late. You can still go back to Norcom. And Jack says, no, I can't. As in... He's spent so many years there already. I mean, that we know. If you guys not have not watched Wonder Years, it's on Hulu. Watch all six seasons. But spoiler alert, we learn in a voiceover in the series finale, Jack does pass away two years later. 
So I'm guessing more than likely 1975. So I would say Kevin's been in college for almost a year when Jack passes away. So we also have Bill and Lillian discussing where their daughter Kim, who's going to be going to college, and Bill suggests <laughs> Spellman, which I remember there are black colleges out there. I know like Howard is one. I know there are others out there from and that's from watching This Is Us. Of course, Bill says, well, she can go to, Kim, you can go to Spelman because, you know, no boys. It's a win-win. And Kim says, well, how is that a win-win? And Bill points at himself and, and Lillian and says, win-win. <laughs> so that's where you get the comedy and I think that's cute. And we have the mother, you know, the actress who is playing Lillian Williams. And she says how it is a family story and a coming of age story. So it's got something for everybody. We have EJ Williams saying how the show is definitely about family. Growing up back then, you had to stick together. You had to get through things together. And we do have the uh, producer, director, Coming on saying the show is about a black family, but it is also about a 12-year-old boy. And he says he believes that that will be the relatable hook for the audience. Which, oh yeah, I mean, that's how we all watched Kevin grow up from age 12 all the way to age, what, 17 going on 18. And that's the bulk of your childhood right there is going to be age 10 onward. And of course, <laughs> the director producer says that he could think of no better creative partner than Fred Savage. And of course, we got to Fred Savage in the opening of the Wonder Years, holding the bat, wearing the green shirt, waving to the camera. And then of course, we get this shot of Jack. This is from season one, My Father's Office. Where Kevin is going with his dad to school, not to school, to Norcom, and Kevin's wearing an adorable suit with a tie, and just seeing, you know, his dad straining Kevin's tie, it's just such a sweet moment between father and son. We hear also from Kevin Savage saying how when he got the script, it just completely blew his mind, and the fact that this time around, you know, that he's got this connection, but instead of sitting in the actor chair, he's sitting in the dire directing chair, and it's just really cool. And then, of course, we cut to, I believe this has got to be the episode, I think it's got to be, not Dance With Me, but the phone call where Kevin is drooling over Lisa Berlini. <laughs> and, of course, we cut to the scene where, with the pantyhose... Dean's crush is saying, it's okay, my mom's making me wear pantyhose as Dean is putting his glasses back on, clearly embarrassed. And <laughs> his crush says, oh, my mom's making me, me wear pantyhose, yuck. And Dean's, Dean is just like, <laughs> yeah, yuck. Like, cause he, yeah, he's definitely, he's got a crush on this girl. And I like how we get a, you know, the scene of Dean riding his bike through town. You see kids on the sidewalk, jump roping, just hanging out. And it just, it's such a, a homey, comfortable 
feel and I just I, I like it I just I don't know why but I just like I like historical fiction I like shows set during different time periods especially in the 50s and 60s and stuff like that because I don't know why but I, I love the music around that time too I listened to a, a lot of old, a lot of different music stations growing up as a kid you know oldies country music that kind of thing and Fred Savage says, well, the environment is different. The point of view of the 12-year-old, I mean, of a child's point of view is still the same. So, it's, yeah, it's pretty much same premise, 12-year-old looking, you know, an adult looking back on their childhood times during the late 60s. We do see Dean on the baseball field, and we see someone on a bike just outside the baseball fence, field fence. Doing the head nod to Dean, who nods back. So maybe this is somewhat classmate he knows who got cut from the team or just didn't make the team. And they're just being respectful and nodding like, hey, what's up? How's it going? Like, you do you. All will be good. We're seeing family time. You know, Dean hanging out with not just his immediate family, but, from you know, friends and neighbors and stuff like that. We see his, you know... Him and his friend. His name? The the brunette. What's his name? Brad. There we go. Okay, yeah. Yep. Okay, wait a second here. It looks like we got... Brad is playing for a different team. And Dean is playing for... I don't know whether it says like Oakland or something like that. I'm not sure. But I can't pronounce the team that Brad is playing for. It's... D A Del Rada or something like that. I don't know. I mean, it's cool that they're friends and even though they're playing on opposite, you know, they're playing against each other. So there's a scene of Dean and Brad, you know, shaking hands, kind of like good game, good game, or even saying, you know, good luck. It looks like they're bo they both have mitts. Well, <laughs> most of the baseball players have mitts when they're on the field, right? And I mean, unless you're the batter, you're going to have a mitt. Because only one person at a time is going to have a bat. <laughs> but everyone else on the field is going to have mitts. Okay. Are they both maybe pitchers for their team? Maybe? I'm thinking. We see. God, I want to. Is it Keyshot? Is that Dean's crush's name? I'm trying to figure it out, but we see her on the bus. So she must not live too far from where Dean lives if they are on the same bus together. We also see <laughs> another opening shot with Kevin Arnold getting the football back for Winnie, who is dressed so unlike how she dresses on the show. She's got overalls, uh green short sleeve shirt she's got her hair in braids and she's wearing a red baseball cap and she's wearing her cat's eye glasses too oh and then we see paul waving to the camera in his blue shirt then we see the arnold family this is all pretty much from the opening of the show they're in the backyard having a cookout Jack's at the grill, Norman's got a plate of hot dogs and hamburgers, and of course we see Paul and Kevin, along with Wayne and Karen, sitting at the outdoor picnic table. And I love that the producer-director does say he's very proud to, uh, 
to be able to carry on this legacy. And I just, I love that it's being called a legacy. It's like, you know, it almost feels like the next chapter or something like that. Oh, we're on the bus again. We got Dean and Corey. Corey's sitting in the seat. He's closest to the window. And you know Dean has got to be smiling at his girl crush, Keisha. We do see Dean waving to his dad, who looks like he's coming home from work. I kind of find out what these, what um, Dean's, Dean's parents do for a living. Because I thought, like, the dad was, like, a music, music teacher or a math teacher or something, maybe at the high school. And I'm not sure what whether Lillian is just a, is she strictly stay-at-home mom or is she also kind of got her own type of thing, you know, career going on too. Because I thought there was a scene that it looked like maybe Lillian and Bill from their college days or something like that. Kind of like in a flashback episode, kind of giving us the backstory on how the parents met and everything. Okay, so that is the trailer. I'm just kind of looking at stuff here. Uh, there's an article that says, The Wonder Years Heels star, I'm not sure what Heels, that must be a show, star Alan Maldonado joins ABC reboot cast. ABC's The Wonder Years reboot announced Alan Maldonado, the last OG, one of Hollywood's busiest stars on the rise, has been cast in a reoccurring role. Let me get this ad off here, okay. Let's see. Oh, oh, okay. Let's see. He portrays Coach Long, an affable guy who takes his job coaching a preteen baseball team very seriously. His son, Tony, is part of the team, as is Dean Williams, the center character of the story. Both Tony and Dean ask their coach if they can scrimmage against an all-white team across town. Okay! Long is not interested. That is until Dean's mom, Lillian, convinces him that it's a good idea. Okay! Okay, I get it now. Oh, good. Yes! Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, Brad's gotta be part of that team. Okay, that's what, okay. And it looks like Brad has gotta be, is he like the catcher who stands behind the person who's batting? Because he's got one of those blue padded front things that I guess is supposed to protect you so you don't, when you get hit in the chest with the ball, it isn't gonna hurt or something like that. Let's see. Maldonado joins the already cast Milan Ray... Julian Lerner, Amari O'Neill, and Elisha E.J. Williams will play Dean Williams and new Kevin Arnold. Let's see. I'm just trying to see if there is anything as far as... One second. And, um... You know, as far as <clears throat> information about Dean's mom, so I'm just kind of trying to see... What exactly? I'm looking at different articles and stuff like that. Okay, here we go. Okay. Dean's mother, Lillian, will be played by Saigon Singblon, a Tony Award-nominated actress who is also said to play the role of Aretha Franklin's elder sister, Irma. Okay, I am going to be seeing that in August. I think I'm probably going to go on my birthday, uh, which is on a Tuesday. So, um... 
the movie Respect about Aretha Franklin. I really, honestly, I very much love biopics. I, especially musical biopics. I don't know why, but it just draws me to them. I do plan, I have a biopic movie marathon that I want to I want to cover La Bamba, Selena, Coal Miner's Daughter, and the Jacksons and American Dream. So I want to cover those four at some point in 2022. So Lillian will be a full-time accountant while also juggling her roles as mother and wife. Okay, that's that's awesome. That's cool. Okay, great, great, great. Let's see. Trying to see if there's anything as far as on the kids. And I'm not... I mean, as far as what we know about Dean's crush or any other information about his friends. You know, Brad and Corey. So, I'm just... I'm... Oh my... I am... I'm just so excited. Again, I I can't stop gushing over this. So basically, of course, when the show premieres, I think it's just going to go week to week because it's going to be aired on ABC. So I think what I'm going to do, we'll just kind of play it by ear. I'll cover the first one and then whether it'll be a month to month thing. Probably I might stretch it out to be a month to month thing so that way we can savor it because you know, once... um. Season two, hopefully, you know, the show does good enough. It gets a season two greenlit, and then we'll just kind of go from there. I don't know if it's going to be a full, you know, 10 episodes, 20 episodes. It just feels like shows don't do the full, like, 20 plus episodes anymore. It's usually just 10, which I'd be fine with 10. I would be 100% fine with 10 episodes or 12 episodes or however you do. So, all right, that was the trailer breakdown. I hope you all enjoyed it. I'm so happy we got another little tidbit before the show premieres in about six weeks. So if there's anything else, any other trailer breakdowns, any other stuff with scenes, I will definitely be podcasting about it. So stay (laughs) the Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast. Stay tuned for anything else Wonder Years reboot related so have a great week everybody and I hope your August is starting out on a good note bye bye